what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be in the world? And I just felt like everyone else got the memo, you know? If you are in your 20s hoping there is more to life than boys and Bacardi, you are in the right place. Katie Ballmer has been a keynote speaker to over 60 colleges nationwide, encouraging 20-somethings to realize their worth, find their calling, and not date dirtbags. But seriously, Katie is an author, viral TikTok creator, wife, mom of two girls, and your adopted aunt that you never knew how bad you needed. Ready to have some real conversation tackling the hottest topics? This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie, and today I'm hanging out with Sierra Myers. She is the founder and co-founder of International Counseling. She unpacks the need for art to help us find our place in this world. And in fact, she wrote a book on it. And today we're going to talk about finding your calling, which is a million dollar question, especially in our 20s. Welcome to the podcast, Sierra. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I appreciate it. Well, I'm so excited you're here because goodness, you know, I've read books on calling, people talk about it, but you have a beautiful perspective. You know, the title of your book is taking your glasses off and, and seeing things from a godly perspective, but just, I don't know, the way you unpack everything is beautiful. But before we do any of that, maybe if you can give us a little bit, just, you know, 20,000 foot view, if you will, of who you are, and then we'll get deeper in. Sure. So yeah, we have a little family counseling practice in our area, intentional counseling, and we have two kiddos, two girls, a 10-year-old and a four-year-old, and a dog that sits at my feet right now. And then, yeah, I'm an author, writer, and I guess that's it. (laughs) That's the good stuff. I'm a mom of two two girls too. Being a mom of two girls is, is pretty amazing. Love it. Really fun. I love it. You have heard me talk about Liquid IV on this podcast before, but if you haven't yet taken advantage of the Truth For Your 20s discount code, what are you doing? Here is your opportunity to stock up and to save 20%. Most people I talk to in real life, because I literally talk about how much this has been so good for me, most people are like, oh yeah, I love Liquid IV, but if you are, for some reason, haven't heard of it, it is double the hydration. So one packet in a bottle of water is the equivalent of drinking two bottles of water on your body because it is so hydrating. So important for sweating. So important if you get headaches and it just tastes good too. There are a lot of flavors. Pineapple is my favorite, but whatever your favorite is, make sure you check out the show notes. There's a link waiting for you and you can use promo code truth and get yourself 20% off your next order of liquid IV. So this is interesting. So I wrote the book because I was having such a just convoluted time with the Lord. Like, what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be in the world? And I just felt like everyone else got the memo, you know? And um, so my husband is a counselor and he's always known that since he was 17, never looked back. And he was working 70 hours a week. And I just told him like, I'm lonely and the kids are hard and, you know, I really want you home. So basically I just found a space, started this group practice, hired different therapists, marketed them. And now we get to help people help people, which is really cool. Not to say that it gives me like street cred that I didn't know what I want to be, but kind of it does because the Lord was really writing it and it was meta and it was for me and through me. And now I'm on the other side of it, which is great. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about that wrestling of like, what is your calling? And so your husband if I understand correctly, he knew his lane. He's over here. Like I'm living my purpose. And you're over here like, well, what, what about me? And yeah, tell me about all that. Yeah. I think I just felt kind of childish. I kind of felt like 
when I would bring it up to my friends or family, they're like, no, I'm good. Like, you know, I've been a teacher for 30 years. I'm just, I just felt like I was so alone in it. And I started to um, kind of shame myself. Like maybe I'm just too analytical or maybe I just need to calm down. And, but I would say actually, now that I'm on the other side of this, that I think that's something to pay attention to mm. and that God is so close to the brokenhearted and that it's your opportunity for growth instead of like shaming yourself. For me, that tension looked like, okay, I feel like the Lord is calling me to this thing. I know there's a tension. I know there's a pull towards something. I can't quite decipher what or how to follow through. And I also don't really even feel special enough to look for a calling in the first place because those words are out there and it just seems like like I was drowning in them. Okay. So you feel everyone else has their calling and I'm just being dramatic and maybe it's all fine and you just go through life and that's what it is. Obviously you, you decided to dig a little deeper. I mean, I guess what that looked like and what did you start finding? I'd love to know more about that. Yeah. So I think I just hit a breaking point. I'm like, okay, I've got to figure it out for myself. I, I can like pull all these people in my family, but at the end of the day, it's my decision. And I knew as my kids were getting older that they would leave the nest and I would be left here still confused. So I'm a words person. So I just went dictionaries, self-help books. I read everything. I listened to everything. I researched, I wrote down everything and kind of condensed it all into this book. And one day God put a little triangle on my heart, a little very simple illustration. Cause I'm like, Lord, I need you to make this so obvious I've been struggling for years and I know I'm not lazy. Like I know I have something that you want me to do. So I need you to make it obvious. And he gave me a little diagram. It's kind of hard to explain because it's, it's really, if you get the book, it's in chapter two, like all the text helps the diagram be more easily clarified. But basically the Trinity parallels purpose, calling, and vision. So in the Trinity, the top is God and out of God flows Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And those are the other parts of the triangle. And that parallels purpose, calling, and vision. So at the top is our day-to-day purpose, which is love the Lord, your God, share about him, witness, obviously. And then out of that day-to-day purpose, our callings and visions will be revealed. Calling on one side of the triangle is the space, the field, the stage, the classroom, it's the where to the why. And then if we go to vision, which is the other part of the triangle, that is, I believe, God's playbook of how to do it. So you have the why, the where, and the how. Nice. I love how you said you're like, God, just give me third grade terms here. Triangle. (laughs) Totally. That's awesome. I I haven't heard that before. I love that. So you started to kind of realize your calling, was it like this, you know, stars falling from the sky and an angel of the Lord appeared to you? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Of course, that's what happened. But maybe not. Maybe give me some more practical ideas of what that looked like. Yeah. Okay. So context, I was blogging and I was, it was just on the side. So my focus was the practice and my focus was my children. And on the side, I, I would do little licensing de- things for brands where I would take pictures for them. And, and then I would work on my blog a little bit. And 
I just felt the Lord tell me to stop all the digital stuff. And I ignored it for a year because, you know, if you stop, it's over. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that can't be from the Lord because just to be honest, it just started making a good amount of money. And so I was so excited because it takes a while to build that. You know, I think I started in, I don't know, 2015 or something slowly on the side. And so I I ignored the Lord for a while and eventually I realized it was him and it wasn't Satan or fear or whatever. And I stopped and I thought I would feel so much peace because I'm like, I did what the Lord asked me to do, but I really didn't. I felt so like irrational. I felt like I'd thrown this business away. I felt like it was the perfect thing for me because I lo- I love to write. I love to create. It was flexible. It allowed me to be home with the girls. I just felt like it couldn't be from God because it didn't make earthly sense which we know that's a classic thing that he does is gives us really wild out of the box stuff. So I obeyed and I was angry praying at him one day, just like griping. And yeah, he totally interrupted my prayer and said, glasses off how to see God when your vision is blurred. And that was the working title. It's since been changed a little bit, but at the time I was not an author. So I thought he wanted me to buy a book with that title. So I go to Amazon and type it in and all that comes up are different optometry books. And I thought, Oh no, God is going to blur my vision. (laughs) I go blind. And then eventually God revealed to me like, no, precious child. I need to write a book with that title. But I had no English degree. I had no credentials. I had nothing to go on but faith. And so I left this one industry and moved into this other one, which are very similar, really totally on faith. And so I entered a writing competition and I started writing and I had like 30,000 words. My husband had read it. And in the writing competition, they asked us to summarize the book with one word, which is hard for me. And so I asked my husband, can you summarize it? What would you say? And he said, it's about vision. Oh, (laughs) the Lord was talking about spiritual blindness. Okay. So if you read my book, you'll see some things in there that talk about eyesight I left all of that in the text, but I scrapped 24,000 words and I started over and I wrote the book I needed to read because I was totally stuck. I was unsure. I felt a little cuckoo and I needed some help. That's always the best book. So people write the book that they needed to read. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you literally... (laughs) In real time, figuring out the purpose for your life, you do the homework, you listen to all the experts, you, you know, you said you're a words person. So you're analyzing what all these words mean. Do us the favor of putting all this down in a book that the Lord told you the title of, which is pretty amazing. And here you are. Okay. To our 20 something year old friends who, you know, clicked on the title of this episode because they're like, I don't know my calling. I don't know my vision for my life. 
what are some tools like tell us to where how they get started with that i think that god's ways seem mysterious because we can't fully grasp his will i mean it talks about i just read this morning somewhere that we can't have a grasp on his understanding obviously but we also i can't speak for anyone else but for me at least years ago i would sit down with god and i would read the bible even as a child i remember reading the bible like what to do what not to do lord just show me your will i'm really good at a bullet pointed list like just set the guideline there for me and after that didn't work and you know <laughs> he he did give me a prompting for the book but for the most part i really wanted like him to be a big sky genie and just like lay it all out there and so then i just started to show up with god like i am most other things which is open minded before i had read the bible kind of critically like i need you to prove yourself to me and i need you to, and it needs to be about me like i need to know what my steps are and when i started to read open minded i would just say okay let's say the lord is real let's say he's meeting me here and every day i just kept doing that and i wrote somewhere in the book that i stumbled into intimacy when all i was searching for was information it's just entirely true mm. it was strange because then after i became intimate with the Lord. And I, I, I'm, I'm reading the Bible to discover who God is. Then he started to reveal revelations to me. It was so ironic. Then I didn't even care anymore, but he was giving it to me then. So it was really cool. That's awesome. So I, I love how you just, you know, wrote all out there. Yeah. I guess just getting back to like, what are some first steps though? I mean, I, so I guess you would say reading scripture with an open mind. Did I? Yeah, that's maybe like at first. I, I'm like you trying to pull out the bullet points, like make it so simple. Yeah, it's like, it's totally not a quick fix. You right. know, that's I what we heard, want, right? I had heard that answer like in church circles my whole life, you know, and I just thought, what are they talking about? But until I did it for myself, then I understood. So um, the answer is, yeah, you, you can't buy your calling on Amazon. Yep. on on prime with the two with the you know overnight delivery or whatever and it, it's not microwavable it, it's something that you have to study but there are some you know I, i've heard or at least my story is that my life circumstances my passions and the world's hunger that's a i think a frederick buchner quote like your passions and the world's hunger where they meet is is your calling and, and that's true because i think we know our calling we are just scared to listen to it like I knew that I was supposed to talk about God's design for sex on the internet, you know, talk to sorority women. But I was scared because when I first felt this calling, I was like a year older than them and I didn't want to be judged and that kind of stuff. So I think I knew my calling well before I stepped into it because I was afraid. So, so I think that's first of all. So there's a girl listening who's like, dang it, I know my calling, but I don't want to listen. Yes we kind of do instinctually know what we're pulled toward. I would say it seems obvious to us, yeah. but other people, like I would not have the same conviction you do. And like my girlfriend, Alex, would not have the same gifts and convictions that I do. And so I would say 
if you're dreaming about something, even if it seems like everybody else has that same dream, they probably definitely don't. Yeah. And to pay attention to that. And also that the dreaming, I wrote about dreaming versus being a visionary in, in the book in chapter five, I believe. And that actually was birthed from a conversation I had with a girlfriend and I was, we were sitting on her truck overlooking some water and I was crying and I was like, girl, I don't want to follow this idea that I feel like is from the Lord because I'm too scared to do it. But I also don't want to be those people that just dreams and never does anything. And she looked me square in the eyes was like, you're both, you're a dreamer and a doer. If you never started the podcast for these girls, then that would be sort of your secret selfish dream that you held on to. But because you moved through the dreaming and made something immaterial material, now how many people get to benefit from your dream? And so all of us have that. Yeah. It doesn't mean like I don't dream of doing a podcast or what, you know, the my conviction was to write this book. And right. so the amazing thing is not that I wrote it. The amazing thing is that people all over are going to buy it and they're going to do what they're inspired to do in their cities. Yes, I know. I get so excited about that too. Cause there's girls listening who have gifts that I don't have, or you don't have. And, and even if they have the same ones, even there's a girl who wants to start a podcast, do it because you're going to get an audience that I'm not going to get or, or right. write a book, do it because you're going to get an audience that Sierra is not going to get. And I don't know. I just, I felt like I sat so long on the sidelines going, oh, well, they're already doing it and they're doing it better. And my voice isn't needed. And that is so wrong. Well, first of all, I was scared about what people think. And I know that let's talk about that for a hot minute <laughs> because you know, that's one on everyone's mind right now. Okay, fine. I know my calling, but what are people going to think? What, what did you wrestle with that? Cause I, I have strong feelings. <laughs> I can be kind of an extreme person and I can consider things as life or death. And one morning I woke up and thought, oh, I'm not a neurosurgeon. I'm not a first responder. Like what I'm, I'm a writer. There's no one is going to fall over dead because of that adjective I chose. Yes. <laughs> it's so, it gave me a lot of permission to just walk in the calling and okay, if the worst thing that happens is someone doesn't like me, that's not why I'm writing the book. I'm writing the book to provide value. Yes. Yes. That's so good. I know. I feel like I overcome 400 pounds of self-doubt when it comes to stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. And you know, and then that idea of like, well, what are people going to think? I think people worry about what their mama and their grandma and 99% of the, they're going to be so proud of you and they're going to be supportive. You know, it's just so weird that, well, what if I tell the story of, you know, my, my dark past or whatever, like that, that means you, you overcame it. And here you are telling the story from your scars, not your wounds and helping so many other people avoid those mistakes, hopefully, or help walk alongside of the people who did go through the same wounds and what a gift and what a shame it would be to take those beautiful stories to the grave. I, I have strong feelings. <laughs> totally. Yeah. When I wrote about in chapter 12, one, one morning God woke me up and just said, it's not about you. It's about providing value. Preach that. And he said it over and over again, because he knows I can be kind of shy and I can be kind of, I don't know, silly and like awkward or I'm just, we're, none of us are for everybody. You know, we're just for sure. the right reader or whatever. And so he was like, it's not about you. Get out of your own way and let me be God. And you do you in your own little home and, you know, 
It's about providing value. So I started waking up, switching everything from like, okay, how can our counseling practice be more successful or how can our this writing be really successful versus how can we truly benefit others, even to my friends, you know, because I have the gift that they don't and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's so good. I wrote down, it's not about you. It's about providing value because that needs to be repeated, you know, and there's someone listening like, oh, well, what are people going to think? Or, you know, I don't have all the right tools. I don't know how I'm not a good writer. I didn't get a English school. Like you said, the same excuses. It's not about you. <laughs> if this is a calling of God, first of all, get out of your own way. And then, yeah, it's about providing value. I, that is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think if you, like, if you pray, you can pray really specifically, like, Lord, who are the people you want me to serve? Because once you figure that out, your confidence builds because you know, you're not for everybody. So you're just going to go really hard for these people and be a servant leader like Jesus was. Yeah. And what also needs to be repeated is what you said about not all of us is for everyone. And that's true too, because I think we get in our mind of, oh, I'm going to write this book and someone's going to hate it. Yeah, they probably will. And that's okay because there are, it's going to be random people who aren't going to like, like, but three people are going to hate you and thousands of people are going to be even shoot. If one person's life has changed for the better. Yeah. Even if 10 people show up to your like worship thing or whatever you're doing, it's so worth it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're you're getting me all on my my soapbox and my strong feelings. <laughs> Am I getting pumped up? Yes, no, but I love it, and I love that you took the time to to write this book. How cool that God gave you you know the words, are, and it's so so adorably innocent that you were like, oh no, God's going to take my vision away. <laughs> I I was relieved. Oh, it's just <laughs> writing. Okay, <laughs> isn't that how we think sometimes? I interviewed a girl one time. She talked about. I think the name of our book was, if something bad can happen, then can't also something good happen. And we often get in our head of like worst case scenario, but what if God like, oh no, God's going to take my vision away. What if he just wants to give you the title of this book? What And then have interviews about it. And like, what a wonderful blessing he was trying to give you. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love it so much. Okay. So just um, getting back to our young friends and their vision as you said, it's not a quick process. Are there any kind of tools and tricks you learned along the way? Like, what do we need to do today? Like, think about maybe where you've been, what you're calling, why you are uniquely wired. What are the lowest hanging fruit, so to speak, things we can do to start to step into that calling? Um, I would say it, a really quick thing you could do is just make a list of your thoughts, or they may be from God, they may just be your secret dreams or something you feel like you would want to do and make a list of those. And then next to them, rate each one a sense of urgency you have from one to 10, 10 being the most urgent. I did that and I had random ideas. Like I'm always thinking of weird stuff like, oh, I could make this product and oh, I could open a lavender boutique. Oh, I could have another child. You know, there's just so many thoughts that we have as women versus Oh, I just kind of want to do that. I think that'd be really cool. That's, so that's that's just good advice anyway. Like we all have to-do lists and some are more important than others and some are more urgent than others. And I think that that's simple. I'm sure that people have heard that before, but also profound because who, how many of us are actually doing that step? So right. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that that's so good advice. I have a whole chapter for the type A practical people too. Chapter eight. That's nice. Sierra, I would love if you, one of my million dollar questions I like to ask, and this is so appropriate for what you do. If you could go back and have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? And you might want to go back. Well, I don't know. I, I am, I was going to say maybe the person right before you wrote this book and had this vision, but I am curious of your 20 ish year old self, because I feel like what you do in helping women or, you know, anyone find their calling is so unique and so powerful. And so anyway, I'd love to hear what you have to say on that million dollar question. I would say your tastes are going to change. I would say show up to your, I call it a DDG, my daily date with God. Show up. The sooner the better. It's just the best thing you can do. The adversity that you're going to face is purposeful and it will teach you resilience and to frame your mindset to serving others. Those were great ones. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like me taking a shower and worshiping with music and putting my makeup on slowly and thinking about the words. And I'm a terrible singer, so I turn it up really loud so I can't hear myself. Some days it's praying in the car uh, and there's a lot of traffic here. So mm. using that quiet space to pray. Um Sometimes it is reading the word. And I have a study Bible. I have the John MacArthur study Bible. Highly recommend. It gives you context and footnotes. And so. Nice. Nice. No, that's good advice. I just, I like to ask that question when it comes up, because I think that it's good to, you know, you can't be what you can't see. One of my favorite quotes and and having examples of what that looks like in other people's life is, is powerful stuff. Sure. So while I enjoyed this conversation, I know our listeners will too, and the book is on Amazon. I'll make sure we link it and all that good stuff when this, um, about time this goes live. So I'm so thankful to meet with you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life, and I will definitely make sure I respond. And thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over 100 episodes interviewing experts and 20-somethings and everyone in between, tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast, and I'm so thankful that you are here.